Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. The season is done and dusted. We're going to be here for just a couple more episodes to round the season off, really, and reflect on what Bristol City have done this week, starting with what happened on Sunday. It wasn't quite enough for the Robins in the end. Uh, we'll also be talking about those players who have been released, the players that Bristol City are already looking at. What's going on with Lee Johnson? Is he the first one that needs to sign on the dotted line? And uh, we'll also be talking about Callum O'Dowder. Some some weird stuff going on there, we think. Uh, let's begin then with Sunday, Gregor. Just wasn't meant to be, was it? They, I mean, they didn't get the result anyway. So whatever happened, it, it wouldn't have happened. No, it, it, it's unfortunate. Obviously, they didn't get a win when they needed to, but and obviously it didn't make much difference because teams elsewhere got the scores and... Fair play to Derby, nicking it in the end. They've got a good win there against West Brom, although I'm not sure that was a penalty, the Tom Lawrence one. It wasn't a penalty. No way. He got the slightest nick, but he's going to go down like that. It's a bit weird, isn't it, that he's been exonerated by the Mm. EFL. Very interesting, uh, yeah. And he'll he'll play in the playoffs. But but, um, Middlesbrough, probably more painful than Bristol City, would you say? Yeah, I I thought Middlesbrough, as I said, obviously in the last one, I thought they were going to do it, and especially when they went two 0 up, and yep. and when uh, West Brom equalised, yeah. make it one one. I thought, right, that's incredible. It. Yeah, but the thing is with Bristol City, if they'd beaten Derby and yeah. beaten Hull, uh, if they'd drawn with Hull, would it would it have been enough? Uh, what do you mean if they? So if they won, so if it was as it was on Sunday, but they'd beaten Derby the previous weekend, would that have been enough? Not, but a point short. Uh, well, they were four points short of Derby, so but then they would short. have. Yeah, Derby would have lost three points, though. Oh yeah. So, so yes, they would have finished above. Because essentially, it was, essentially, it was the six pointer, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, but then what did Middlesbrough finish on? I think they were one point behind. Fewer, fewer yeah. so I think they were on seventy three. So Bristol City would have finished on seventy four. Yes, uh, seventy three. They would have finished on seventy three, and then it would have gone down to goal difference. Yeah, I know we're being hypothetical, but it's just interesting to see where the, where the perhaps opportunity was missed in those last couple of weeks. Is that's just what I'm getting at, to be honest. Yeah, it does come down to essentially, unfortunately, that home derby game, and we did well. We all knew that that was going to be probably the decider, and we said it from the start. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the way it panned out. But let's not forget that they did play really well in that game. And also, before we move on, I want to say they they did play pretty well at Hull as well. Actually, I thought they. They could have won that game. They had some good chances. It was a pretty open and attacking game. Uh, referee was on their side. Referee John Brooks was odd. I'm not sure he was on their side. I'm not sure I'd agree with that because... Have you, if he wasn't have you, on their side, I said. Oh, uh, what? Holds on, on Bristol Cities. And I, I think he was in a way because... If, have you seen that second goal, Matty Taylor's the Offside, won? is he? Well, he said that Taylor didn't, didn't um, touch, touch the ball, but... Yeah, from where I'm sat, yeah. If you watch the replay of the goal, I'm sure it just comes off the inside of his leg. Yeah. But but it might just be from the angle I was sat. But uh, I haven't seen it back. He was offside. But yeah. then the first one should have been disallowed, should it? No, I think the first one's harsh. It's one of those ones where, really, I mean, the ball's blasted at Eliasson from close range. Can you get your hand out of the way? No, you can't in that situation. And if that's the other end, it's not given. Although although we have to say that next year that is a handball because you can't score. Regardless, it doesn't matter about what your intention is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's no way that's intentional. 
this this time around anyway. I, I think it would have been a mark of the referee, a good referee if he'd given that goal, mm. but disallowed the Taylor one. In the end, the right result came for me because, yeah, one of those goals should have been given, but I think John Brooks got it the wrong way round, but that's my opinion. Where where was it lost then? Where was sixth place lost? If you could put it, was it, was it Ipswich? What was it? Was it the Derby game, like you say? Because the Derby game was tough, so... Yeah, I, where where do you think sixth place slipped through the hands? Because they were there for a long time. They were. It's it's a little bit disappointing that it's faded away again a little bit, and maybe there's maybe that's something to look at. That sort of the run in, and and maybe they need that extra bit of quality. I I mean, uh, some people have been saying from the club side, and I think Lee Johnson sort of mentioned this himself that just things like injuries. Um, have really hampered City this year, and I think I, I think there is a little bit to that. I'm not making excuses here at all. Not been as bad but, as last year. No, but the likes of Corey Smith being out from pretty yeah, much the yeah, entire yeah. season has meant that basically Brownhill and Pack have played pretty much oh, every game. Yeah. And people will say, well, why have you got Walsh there? Why why hasn't he played more? I think this comes down to budget, really. That basically Bristol City can't have all these match winners on the bench just at this moment in time. They will be able to build to that. And I, when I think, you say budget. Do you think what do you mean by that with Wash? In terms of in terms of when you're competing Bristol City comparing Bristol City's squad to the so, likes of those they're competing yeah, around but, them, like Middlesbrough and Derby mm-hmm. and any teams with parish, Premier League parachute payments can have the wages on yeah. offer that they're gonna attract a higher calibre of player right away across the squad, not just the starting eleven. Because I think Bristol City starting eleven mm. gives anyone a, 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 yeah. a game. But I think you take a few players out here and there and eventually yeah, you play. Yeah, you, you score. Yeah, exactly. Score depth isn't there, and I think that's where they've be, they've come undone a little bit this year. So, and with respect, Liam Walsh isn't a top six player. No, I, no, I don't think anyone could argue he is at the moment. Could they? No way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a there's a, lot there's a fair that, few there. players, and this is what City are doing. They're trying to mm. be patient, aren't they, and bring these guys through. I think in a couple it's not of years. So they won't be. No, absolutely. He's got the potential. I mean, I'm not picking on Liam here at all. He's he's got the potential to be up there. He's an England under twenty player yeah. and lovely passing range. He's had a few more chances this season, and um, and yeah, he may well get there in the next few years. But you know, if Brownhill, Packham, Smith were were fit, he wouldn't get a look in, would he? And that's where you've got to have. A player, I guess, that you can call upon. This is almost where Bristol City are going to have to transition. You, you know, you're going to have players you can call upon that are at that quality. And it's how do you get that? Because they have to perhaps deal with being a squad player. So what do, what does Lee Johnson go for? This is really interesting. I know we'll talk about transfers more later, but does he, does he go and dip in for a more experienced sort of midfielder who's happy to have more minutes on the bench because they're getting towards that stage of their career? Or does he go looking for... A young player with that quality, it's really difficult to find that player, isn't it? It is. I think, as I sort of was saying, I think it does come back to budget ultimately. And, of course, Bristol City's finances are are in a pretty good position. We sort of talked about this before because they book those fees from last summer now onto the accounts. Yep. And they're also... Um, they've also announced that basically season card sales are at record levels. Mm-hmm. Their, their n- attendances have been going up year on year. So it's been another year advancing up. I think the average is around 20,000, maybe a little bit more. They, they had a record crowd against Derby at home. So there's plenty of positives. And um, yeah, they're, basically they're in a good position to advance from here. And that, that's... That was my hope, that they would be in, basically put themselves into their reckoning for the top six mm. by the end of the season. They did that. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
yeah, they're good, they're good to push again. Yeah, they certainly did slightly better than we both expected. But I know everyone's been saying it, and I've said this in my column this week, the first signing that has to happen is Lee Johnson, isn't it? We'll hear from him in a sec about this. But surely he has to get a new deal this summer. Surely. He's not got long left. When does this one expire? He's got one, one more year to go on his deal. And obviously I asked Lee about this on Sunday. Yeah, let's just hear about that now, actually. I don't know. You're asking the wrong man, to be honest, because it hasn't been mentioned, obviously, at this point, understandably, because all focus wants to be on this, not on negotiation. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry, but you're asking the wrong guy. He says you're asking the wrong guy. Um, makes perfect sense for Lee Johnson not to want to get into those discussions uh, before the season had finished because he was focused on that. But this week, those discussions must have been happening. Yeah, I would be surprised if they're they're not happening and they, it would suit the club to get this done now because, I mean, there was some speculation, in fact, before that final game of the season that Lee is wanted elsewhere and he's done a good job at Bristol City and it just, I think if they get him signed up, it just brings that stability and, and is another basically feather in the cap for trying to attract players because they'll see that stability and they know Lee's going to be here for the long term so yeah they, sh- they need to get it done sooner rather than later yeah because he can't sign players with any conviction if he doesn't know what his future is no exactly and what's going to happen is that obviously the likes of myself will have to keep asking about this and mm. and does the club really want that it'd be best to get it best to nip to it the in the bud that thing they saw yeah surely yeah and they will, you would think. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm sure they will. We we. How remember. long? How long? How long a deal do you think he'll be offered? Maybe three years or something. I'd, I'd like say that. around is three this years. Sort of the standard kind of kind of thing, and yeah. How long was this last deal? Three years, I believe. So is this the one he's had from the start? No, he got an extension, didn't he? In yes, the yeah. late. It was just before he went on. When, that yeah, when they went on the bad run. Record, of course, run. So yeah. He, yeah, obviously, if he does sign a new deal, let's hope that that yeah. doesn't happen again. Sorry, it's got, we've got the summer to avoid anything like that. Kind of a bad pre-season, that's fine. Exactly, another reason to get it done now, now that way. Um, let's hear what Lee Johnson had to say about the Chelsea loanies that have been so outstanding for Bristol City. I would like to keep all three, yeah. I think Callas has been fantastic. Um, I've really enjoyed working with him. I think he's, he's taken us to another level. In terms of his quality and Jada Silva is a real bright sort of young prospect that's obviously a small player so not everybody will take a five foot four left back but seeing as his manager is that size it makes him feel better about himself um, and then it comes to obviously Casey Palmer and the, listen Casey's quality is there to see but for me it's got to be caveated with a pre-season under, under me uh, because I don't think he's been fit enough um, throughout the second half of the season. Interesting hearing Lee Johnson then talking about Casey Palmer. Let's pick on that to start with. Obviously not as keen on him as he is on Callis and Jada Silver. I think that that's fair. With Casey Palmer, do you think fitness was an issue? Because not that he flattered the skies, but in those first couple of games, it looked to me like he did have that spark. And we didn't really see that much of it. He scored a couple of decent goals there, didn't he? How many goals did he score in the end? Uh, he got two Two goals. I remember thumping that, thumping that one in against uh, evening game, turnaround. Who was it against? Was it Bolton or was it... Hold on, I'll check. It was an evening game and I remember him slamming it in and thinking, oh yeah, no, he, he, is, he is quite good. We're just checking now where, which goal it was. He got one against Wigan and that was an afternoon one, so it must be... What was the other one then? Um, I think it was 
Bolton, yeah, Bolton. Was that was the Bolton evening game? Yeah. Um, I remember him slamming it in and... Was that a Friday night, wasn't it? A 2-1 win. Yeah, they all merge into one at the end of the season, don't they? <laughs> um, but, you know, he didn't really live up to the potential we thought he had. And looking at his Instagram post this week, it looks like he said goodbye, doesn't it? Do you, is that is it is that your interpretation? It does look that way, doesn't it? I all the to best be honest, for the future. Yeah, when you say something like "all the best for the future," it doesn't sound like you're coming back. No. Whereas it feels like Thomas Callis has been dropping hints about how much he loves Bristol and things like that. Mm. And if you compare the two side by side, but I, I don't think Casey Palmer is a future at Chelsea. Yeah, no, I don't either. I I still think Casey Palmer could do something for Bristol City. I think he would be a decent signing at the right price. And What's the right price for a player like that? Well, in the reports I've seen, people have been saying around the four million pound mark. I, I don't know. That's it. That is, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure for that kind of money. Maybe, maybe it's not the right deal. But I, I still think Casey could do a job for Bristol City. And yeah, interesting that Lee Johnson pointed out about yeah his fitness and that he wants to he need to do a full pre season. Because a lot of a lot of fans have been saying, haven't they? Why has Casey Palmer not been starting? Because I think he's brilliant with the ball on his ball at his feet. I thought he was outstanding at Hull actually. It's at lovely the turns. Yeah, he he commits players. He held onto the ball really well. Plenty of key passes as as, as the stats are. And yeah, it, I mean, I'm just going to relate this to the ex chief on the weekend Here we go. because I have to crowbar we it. We can't into now. ever do a podcast without you not mentioning the ex chief. Go on. Bristol City's ex G at the weekend yeah. was. The suspense is killing me. 1.74 Bristol C. Yeah. So almost two goals so on average. To 0.65. For Hull? Wow. For Hull. I, get, I get this information because people ask me where I get the information from. This is from the Y Scout programme. Yeah. Which I know that the club use and some people behind the scenes use. A lot of journalists use yeah. it. If you read uh, anything by Jonathan Liu in The Independent, he uses that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Um uh, and why are you crowbarring in the XG? Well, just because I think uh, Casey Palmer was a key reason why mm. they created some good chances. And he has been that creative outlet. He has given that spark, I think. But it, people have been saying, fans have been saying, why hasn't he been starting more? And it's obviously because... Fitness, yeah. Yeah, and because Lee doesn't rate what... When he when he explained it originally, it was that he didn't think he was working hard enough on the transition, i.e. as soon as he loses the ball, the ball he needs to get goal side and yeah, or press, or frenzy as he calls it sometimes. Frenzy for the next 15 seconds or whatever. It's, it's like that Barcelona thing, isn't it? That when they used to lose the ball, the next 10 seconds they'd sprint to get it back. Yeah. And I think Lee Johnson sort of wants that in his players. Okay, so if he's saying all the best for the future, someone else that said all the best for the future is Jada Silva. I know. That I, worries I, me. I, I think that might be a ruse. That's my reading really? on that. Really? Yeah, I think Jay... Like, obviously, I've seen some fans saying that doesn't bode well for Jay De Silva coming back either. And I suppose, yeah, if you're going to read it literally, then it's the same as Casey Palmer. But I just wonder if Jay has seen what Casey has done there and picked up on a lot of fans saying, oh, he's not coming back. Right, and to put and the then, pressure on. And then, not necessarily to put the pressure on, but just to, to have a laugh, really, and just say... All the best for the future. And what? And he could be back in. And it could be a summer. ruse. Could be a ruse. Yeah, could be. Could be back. That's my. That's something I'm right. considering. But I think he would be a fantastic signing. I do. I think he is good enough for a sort of bottom Premier League club, a, a bottom half. I think he's that good. I right. think. I think in sort of a year or two, he would be that standard. I think he's as good as. 
Joe Bryan. Maybe that. Do you think he's as good as Joe Bryan? Maybe that is the case. Um, no, I, I don't think he is quite up to uh, Joe Bryan's standard just yet. But he's not far away, and I think he's got the potential to. What What do you think he's lacking? Maybe it's the physicality, because Joe's a musty guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe just. I don't know, they're both good dribblers, both getting forward. I think what Joe brings is, what, four or five goals a season. I was about to say, it's that it's those goals, isn't it? You know Joe Bryan can hit one. And, and maybe you and don't I see think, that from Jay. No, I think Jay will add a few goals to his game over the next year. Great or, dribbler. Yes, went so close, didn't he, with, um, especially that one at uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, I know, on his so, birthday yeah, as well. It would have been a brilliant, brilliant goal. One of the goals mm. of the season for Bristol City. But, but uh, when I say I think he's as good as Joe Bryan... A similar age, are they? No, Jada Silva's a bit younger. But if you compared Jada Silva to Joe Bryan There's at a this few, point... Yeah, 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 yeah. There's probably not too so much Jay difference. So Jay is, yeah. let me tell you how old he is now, because I think Joe Bryan's about 24. Jay's 21. At this age, do you not think he's as good as Joe Bryan was? Is sort of what I'm getting at. Or do you think he's just a little bit short of that, to be honest? No, I think they're probably about, about comparable... Yeah, in standard. I did, obviously, I didn't watch Joe at that age, so I can't make a direct comparison, but I would imagine that he that he is not mm. far off that same standard. So we don't know about Jada Silva. That one's up in the air. But I think Thomas Callis is coming. You think he's coming back? Uh, thank you, Bristol City fans, for all your support through the season. Well, that's not a goodbye. He, he's, he loves the city. He knows he's guaranteed a start. Unless a lower Premier League club came in for him, and I don't think they will. Where else? Just just to go back to Jodie Silver one second, yeah. um, did you see in his replies that he had a reply from Casey Palmer with the old really? eyes? The looking eyes. The looking eyes. Oh, maybe What does right. the looking eyes mean? Um, what, the big white ones. Yeah. Like, usually, if I put something like that, like, it's like you're not telling the truth or a bit of sarcasm. Exactly, and that's why, that's why I think... He's mm. maybe Jay's having a little bit of fun there when he says all the best for the future because he knows that we in the press, unfortunately, are going to have to pick up on that and and and, and cover it, and maybe some fans are going to going to get a bit yeah. worried. So I, I, that's, that's, that's that's why I think he might he might be returning. There's a few rumours, aren't there, mm. that that Jay's um, the clause has been triggered in the in the contract in the in the potential deal to bring him back to Bristol City so in which case it will go down to what Jay wants but as you say I think there could be Premier League interest in him lower level mm-hmm. but yeah we'll we, we might have to see Callis then back to Callis yes or no well just to add to that I mean yesterday we had a story on the site that our sister website football.london um, had an exclusive yesterday saying that he wants to leave Chelsea and he wants to join yeah. a club permanently yeah we don't know which club, but that's probably a good step. Anyway. This has been one of his best seasons. Surely it's here. Yeah, it would make sense. Um, any other rumours of incomings before we talk about the, the re- released players this week? Just on goalkeepers. wanted to talk goalkeepers oh, a yeah. second. We're, well, they we're, need... What's happening with Nicky Minepark? Because that was only a one-year contract. Yeah. Nicky, I think... I don't know. This is an opinion. I think the club will offer him... Will trigger the option deal... In, in his contract I think he's got either one or two year option and I think that'll be triggered we're waiting for confirmation on that and yeah so I th- imagine he'll stay on got Max obviously we're going to come on to this Frank Fielding has left the building yeah. so they need another they need goalkeeper another. well 
And if you remember, we, we covered, like about a month ago, we said what Bristol City were looking for this summer. We, we didn't go too big on it because it probably wasn't the right time to talk about transfers then. Mm. But in that piece, we said Bristol City are going to have a busy summer. And then let's not forget, Lee Johnson has said he's going to be bold in the, in the summer mm-hmm. transfer market. We understand that. And I have to say, this information, a lot of it comes from um, people working behind the scenes, and they have been briefed that Bristol City are looking to bring in six or seven players this wow. this this summer. But so, uh, what what sort of goalkeeper are we looking at? Is it going to be a number one? I know it's tough on Max. Yeah, I mean the guys they've been linked to so far: Cal Roos of yeah, Derby, who's been excellent player, recently. Yeah. Um, Sky Sports was saying that Bristol City were in for him. He's out of contract in the summer, so he'd be a shrewd pickup if they can get him because he won't cost much. Oh, in terms of a transfer fee, mm. but. But then wages. Mm. Um, one of the one that came about yesterday was the Barnsley goalkeeper Adam Davies, right? Welsh international, just been named in the League One Team of the Year. Okay, has uh, so re- had a really great season. However, my understanding is I've been told it's unlikely he'll be coming to Bristol City. I think he's got better, maybe better offers. It'll be on interesting the table. to see what they do because they've got they might have Nicky and they've definitely got Max. So it depends what sort of road they want to go down. In terms of keeper pecking order, let's talk about these released players then. Uh, Frank Fielding, we are sorry to see him go. We got on to someone that knows him uh, better than both of us, and that is the former press officer here at uh, Bristol City, Adam Baker. So then, Adam, yeah, obviously you worked with Frank for a long time. Um, what can you tell us about his, his time at City? Any, we always hear what a great character he is. Um, have you got anything that can back that up? Well, I just think every time you ever bumped into Frank Fielding, he always had a smile on his face. And even if, you know, he'd had a bad game at the weekend or, he'd, you know, been at fault for a goal or whatever it would be, he'd always come in on, on the Monday morning with a smiley face and just forget about it and get on with his job. And, and I think that was probably him all over. I remember many media interviews he used to do where he'd be asked about a great save here or a great save there. And what was his favourite save in the game? To be honest, he didn't care. He just wanted to cheat in a victory for... Bristol City. He didn't look at personal gains or pleasures. It was more a team ethic with him. And I think out of the, the whole promotion, the double winning squad, you look at the likes of Aaron Abraham, Frank Fielding, Marlon Pack. Um, they've all got very similar traits in terms of like that team ethic. Obviously, Marlon's still there. Um, Albie left it a little while ago now, but Frankie you now leaving this season. Um, you just see all his teammates coming out and, and thanking him for his all he's done Bristol City and Bristol City doing likewise of course as well um, I think it just screams about the person that he is where he would link everyone together get everyone um, bouncing and really excited about what was going on and always had a smile on his face really He was a pretty integral part of that um, double winning side wasn't he And but he actually had a slow start, didn't he, to his Bristol City career? I don't know how much you can remember, but I think he took a little bit of time, didn't he, to win his place in the team, but then obviously played a, a key key role as as they won the EFL Trophy and, and won League One. Yeah, I played every game in that season, of course. Um, Jim came back. I mean, we had uh, Dave Richards, who went on to play for crew, but he was always the one on the sidelines because Frankie was playing whether it be Cup whether it be League all the games that Bristol City went through 58 games that season um, Frankie was integral to all of that 
and of course ended up in the PFA Team of the Year as well um, for his performances. Um, yeah, he was outstanding that season. He drove the team on. He pulled off some fantastic saves. Um, but he, he had that throughout his career, actually. The, you know, the ups and downs, in and out of the team. But he always seemed to bounce back, whether it was Simon Moore coming or Fabian Geef or Richard O'Donnell. All those uh, keepers came in to you know, potentially replace Frankie. But one thing was certain, Frankie was in the back in between sticks and it, whatever was thrown at him in terms of his position within the team, he just seemed to bounce back. Unfortunately, as his career at Bristol City went on, a couple more injuries came into things and that obviously put pain to him. It was this season, you know, he banked back into the team uh, rather briefly and of course another injury ended his season effectively. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was something that, again, he, he always seemed to bounce back. Whatever was thrown at him, he'd take on the challenge and uh, none more so than that double winning season. Yeah, absolutely. As, as you say, I think even so this season, I think he played five times in the league, but um, managed to get himself back in the team with Nicky Mainbar and Max O'Leary breaking through. And Any particular highlights, mate, that you, that you can think of off, offhand? One, one for me was um, saving Lee Tomlin's penalty up at Nottingham Forest uh, last season, I think towards the end, around April time. Um but I'm sure there must be plenty of others. I've seen that video online of all those saves he's made, and um, yeah, some of them are pretty special. Oh, some fantastic saves during his, his time. It's difficult to pick out, just just fun. Um, I always remember actually with Frankie. Remember when we had the gifts, and we were talking about the players. Well, have we got one for Frankie? Well, we didn't have one initially for Frankie at all, even though we'd asked him if he could do one, just in case he had a penalty save or actually took a long range free kick and ended up scoring. Um, but he refused to have a, a gift done because it was so superstitious. So we were saying, you know, if you save a pen, we want to put it up there. And he was saying, well, no, I won't save the pen if you, if you have a gift. I, I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, so he's extremely superstitious like that. But, you know, for everything he did um, throughout his whole time at Bristol City to the, the linking up with the community and the Children's Hospice Southwest, I mean, he was uh, huge, uh, along with Stevie Allen, of course, uh, way back when. You know, Frankie really took that on, uh, built up a real bond with the staff down at Children's Hospice Southwest. And even now he's leading. Bristol City, I'm, I'm fairly certain the staff and, and the, the children down at Children's Hospice will see him regularly anyway. He'll be dropping in a bit like Joe Bryan has been um, because he was a you know a whole club man, really, a, a really friendly figure. And um, it'd be sad to see him leave this summer. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. And um, yeah. You say you say there about the relationship with the Children's Hospice Southwest, and I've just spoken to Kate actually um, to to hear from those guys. And as you say, I think Frank helped set that up. And yeah, he, he's he's done some great work there, hasn't he? And uh, yeah, a, a really great guy. It's, it's it's actually tough for sometimes for us to us on the media side to hear about these things, and that's just because the, those guys aren't looking for publicity when they do these kind of things. They're doing it genuinely, aren't they? And uh, and it can be tough for us to hear. Yeah, very much so. For my part, you know, from a PR point of view, when I was at the club, you'd always want to be talking about the great players that did in the community. But one player actually came to me and said, Look, I'm going to be going now, I'm going to be buying a basketball hoop, I'm going to be buying, to be buying that, but I don't want any publicity over it. I'm just doing it because I want to do it for the Children's Hospital Southwest. And although, yes, clearly we want to get some publicity for, for their charity at the time. Equally, the player you know wanted to do it, but then what be seen just doing it because it was PR. It was something they actually deep down wanted to do for a, a great cause, and um, 
think Frankie was very similar to that. He would he would be the one who'd be walking around the dressing room grabbing up, you know, boots to get signed and shirts to then auction off and raise funds and he'd be always popping in every week after he leaves the training ground straight down to the, the Charlton Farm Hospice. Um, it was something that he felt was integral and using his sort of um, role as the PFA rep at Bristol City, he sort of wrapped everyone else up into it and made sure that all the players bought into the same cause and that's something he did both on and off the pitch. Adam Baker there, former media officer at Bristol City, talking about Frank Fielding. Lovely words. Also about the Children's Hospice South West there. We wanted to speak to them about the impact it's had there. So here's Kate Green from Children's Hospice South West. So, yeah, obviously Frank left Bristol City, or his contract's coming to an end and he's leaving Bristol City this summer. But as we understand it, he, he was pretty integral, integral, wasn't he, for the relationship developing between Children's Hospice Southwest and Bristol City Football Club? Yes, very much so. Um, Frank walked through the doors of Charlton Farm along with um, Steve Allen uh, back in the day. I think he bought his... Um, his uh, signed match shirt uh, with him uh, and offered to support the hospice and that was the first piece of memorabilia we sold for several hundred pounds. Brilliant. And um, would I be right thinking that Frank has probably been down many, many times over the, the last what, four, five, six years that he's been at the club? Yeah, he's been many times. Like um, several of the players, both um, current and previous, um, who's sort of come down when you know, the media don't know about it. He uh, will, you know, make visits and, um, yeah, he's just a, a firm supporter of the cause. Have you met Frank yourself many times? And what kind of is it? We always hear he's such a great character. I've met him myself, spoken to him myself many times, and, and he is a great guy, isn't he? Yeah, very lovely. Just so easygoing, um, feet firmly on the ground, and, um, yeah, he's just a pleasure to have around. That's Kate Green there, uh, just talking about Frank Fielding. I don't know really what, what more we can add to that, Gregor. I think you covered a lot there in your chat with Adam and recalling the double winning side that Frank was part of, and you know made five appearances this this season as well. Distribution at times wasn't always the best. Made some great saves, but more than that, a top bloke. Yeah, absolutely. And we've just been hearing about that. But my favourite story probably about Frank Fielding was when Aaron Wilbraham left the club and Frank held sort of a mock funeral... I the, remember uh, this. ..in the changing room for for Aaron Wilbraham, just as a joke, you know. And yeah. um, I think they recorded it, had some sad music playing and everybody was looking very sombre. Yeah, and uh, they sent it to uh, Albie. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, unfortunate, but this is obviously now down to just two remaining players from that 2014-15 double winning side, Marlon Pack and, and Corey, Corey Smith. Smith. Yes, well done. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, a really great Bristol City side and yeah, Frank moves on. I'm sure he'll be keeping in contact with all those guys and uh, he's been a tremendous servant to the club. It's, it's funny because that season to me feels like yesterday, but you look at how far the club have come as well and the fact there's only two remaining shows the calibre of playing that the calibre of playing are now going to through, but I know that Luke Freeman might be leaving QPR in yeah. summer. Is he one that could come back to Bristol City? <laughs> Probably not because of the way he obviously he left oh, yeah. and obviously, I mean, Lee Johnson has explained before that when he left the club, he, Wasn't good, was it? he, he wanted to be closer to his family home, uh, which is Kentway. So yeah, yeah, it would be a bit odd if he yeah, suddenly came back this way. But, but also the fans really not yeah. a fan. 
No, I, I think the circumstances he left, obviously, and Bristol City didn't get a very good fee for him in the end or anything like that. He sort of left via the back door rather than the front. And, yeah, but he would be a tremendous signing. I think he's everything that they maybe lack. A, they could probably do with another creative player and, and a striker, yeah. at least. I know you're devastated that Stefan Marinovic has gone. I know, one Bristol City legendary goalkeeper to another one, leave him. I'm sorry, but can we just talk about this for a minute? Was it QPR that game? It was, wasn't it? It was QPR that night. Ipswich. It was Ipswich, was it? I thought it was QPR that he played against. Gale, Gale conditions, Storm Hannah was in her full throws that night and yeah it was a dark I, and he almost night. got dispossessed in the, in the I remember in the first what couple of minutes what a start to his oh. City career but it didn't get any better Gregor <laughs> it, it made a couple of good saves but his distribution probably the worst I've ever seen from a championship player you're not you're not cutting him any slack because the wind was at 80 miles an hour on the night no because other players could pass it fine <laughs> and and you know and the Ipswich goalkeeper could kick it fine I just remember watching that game on the gantry and thinking why have they signed him when they are so meticulous in everything they do was it it was just was it just the situation do you think they didn't do as much due diligence on Stefan Maranovic as they do it on other players what 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 happened there I think it's just a gamble gamble by Lee Johnson it didn't pay off and We've seen we've seen Lee do this time and again. Like he doesn't even have a goalkeeper on the bench at times, does he? So he is a, a young gunslinger, as he calls himself. And but he, he wouldn't ever do that for any other player. No, Should, probably not. You know, because no. that, that was just a one-off. I don't think we'll ever see that happen again. No. Bizarre. Uh, so, goodbye um, to Marinovic. I'm sure he's he's a lovely guy, and I've got to speak to him. Uh, but the other one that I am genuinely sad about is Eros Pisano. Um, he uses the same vet as me, so I've seen him in there. With, use, yeah, hold on, yeah. breaking you, breaking. Um, and he was in there with his with his golden retriever. I think last summer, or maybe the summer before. Well, I think when they first came, and um, he just smiled and said hello. But um, I, I really like Bassano, and I think if it wasn't for injuries, he would have been an amazing player for Bristol City. I'm um, I'm a little bit surprised they're letting Eros go. Really, I suppose maybe his injury record does come into 30s. it. Yeah, I, I just think he maybe could have been good for one more year. I suppose the, the counterpoint is that they've got young guys coming through, such as Zach Viner, who's who's had a good, who's had a good season at, at Rotherham. People have said he has he hasn't. That is not the case at all. He's been involved more than thirty times. Paul Warren is a big fan. He's essentially playing out of position there. He's learned a heck of a lot this Where's year. Where's he played most of the time? He's played most of this season at right-back, but really he's going to be a centre-back. He's another one that Lee Johnson thinks eventually will be a centre-back and he's probably got the attributes of a, of a centre-back. When I've watched him play... I was surprised he went out on that issue. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Did, they didn't need him, but I was surprised. I think it's great that City have got been able to send a player yeah, out yeah, and absolutely. play that, that level. And basically, it's, it's like making a championship signing, isn't it, really? Bringing him in from another championship. And I think player. I think he will be great next season. Yeah, I think he's going to really adapt to the squad and they've got to make room for him. I mean, one little thing, I, this is a fresh transfer thing that I've heard today, is that Rotherham do want to sign him permanently. Ah. They want to sign Zach permanently. However, <laughs> what, I, what I've what? been told, yeah, what I've been told is that Zach wants to stay at Bristol City and fight for a place there. So... We should maybe caveat that with the, with that news, but um, yeah, I, I I think he will stay this summer and he'll have depth. And it could be that worst case scenario, if they didn't get um, Callas back, 
maybe they would give Lloyd Kelly more games at centre-back. Yeah, we've seen him play there this season. What do you think about how, he, how he's done this season? Because Jay De Silva really took his spot in left-back at the end, didn't he? And uh, deservedly so. He did. Lee, I mean, I know, what I know is that Lee Johnson thinks he's going to develop nicely into a centre-back. Uh, from what I've heard, Lee's telling sort of people close to him that it would be the next eight, within the next 18 months that basically Lloyd transitions into playing centre-back regularly. And, yeah, there's, there's a great chance that Lloyd is going to be, and, and Lee had said this himself, the next Bristol City player to play for the full senior England side for the first time in 60 years, not since... The great John Attio played played for England, basically. Sort of stand named after him, you know. That, this, yeah. is, this is what we're talking about. This is that's how much Lee Johnson backs Lloyd Kelly, which is interesting because he still looks young to me. He has moments of brilliance, but the clearance against Hull wasn't great, and they scored from that. Could he have done more with that? It, it felt like at times, and we talked about it. I think maybe after Christmas it was that he'd misplace a pass, then he misplaced another one, then he misplaced another one, and then he'd get hooked. And his confidence was shot. So is it all about him having a, a really solid pre-season and being in that starting eleven uh, come August? Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Lloyd myself at the England Under-21s training camp and he was explaining how he sat down with Lee Johnson in last summer and Lee had said, you're going to play more games next year. I, I don't think the promise was ever going to be you're going to play the full season. Yeah, It's always going to be you're going to contest that place with somebody else and you're going to play a lot more games and then we're going to take it from there. And... That's what's happened. And, yeah, he's developed. And I thought thought he was brilliant for the England under-21s, by the way, which obviously is a different kind of level of the game mm. in, in pro and, um, yeah, negative and positive. Um, but, yeah, I, with Lloyd, he's got a great future. He's still only 20 years old. And I think over the next few years, he's going to really become a top-class centre-back. And maybe this is the right juncture to mention that we do know that there is Premier League interest in Lloyd's. Mm. That's been confirmed essentially by the club before. But just to give some details on some stuff we learned recently is that we know that Southampton have been watching him very closely. Mm. They've they've had scouts at almost every game at Ashton Gate watching Lloyd, because I've got a story on this coming, and that basically... Uh, Bristol City quoted Southampton, this is our understanding, a, a price tag of £15 million for Lloyd in the summer. So, yeah, that, that's the the price that it would take to maybe get Lloyd. That might even have gone up because that was in January and obviously he's played a few times for England under 21 since then. But uh, my... My belief is that he won't be going anywhere this summer. I think he's going to stay at Bristol City because I'm not too sure a club is going to come in and pay a massive, massive no. fee for him just at the moment. I'm not sure he's, he's quite shown that kind of level of performance just yet. But And he's got the Euros this summer. Yeah, and, and his stock could just rise further and further yeah, there. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I think there will be bids for him this summer. That's my that's my. I think prediction. he's got to be careful, hasn't he? You don't want to go somewhere and, and uh, exactly, yeah. Just he needs, needs to play. Bench. Yeah, he needs to play regularly. This is probably the best place for him. I think there'll be bids for him this summer, but I don't see him moving. It, it's very different different than the situations of, of perhaps the three so called big players last summer. Absolutely. Aidan Flint and then Bobby Reid and Joe Bryan, all at different stages of their career, and all of them will be playing in the championship next yes. season. Good point. Yeah, yeah. They all wanted to go. They all wanted Premier League football and they're all playing the Championship again. Yeah, yeah. Um, no chance Joe Bryan can come back, is there? 
I can't see it. No, he's really impressed Fulham supporters recently. He's done pretty well, actually, at the, for the Cottages, so I would be majorly okay. surprised. I don't think that's a go. What's going on with Callum O'Dowder? Why has he been called up to the Ireland squad when he's not been playing for Bristol City? Weird one, isn't it? Really weird. <laughs> um, well, again, with O'Dowder, we understand there's Premier League interest in him. And obviously Leeds were heavily linked with him in January. It could be that they go for him again, especially with Dan James looking like he might be going to a Premier League side. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. It's, it's just odd, isn't it? I mean, I, obviously I asked Lee Johnson about his yeah. injury recently and Lee, Lee explained, didn't he, that he did have a genuine problem, but you just never know. He's been out for a while. It, it will be interesting to see if he actually plays for Ireland in a couple of weeks. I would be... Very surprised if he started. So do you think, is there anything behind the scenes that we don't know about? Well, I've tried to make some inquiries into that and there's nothing that I can report on or, or know of at the moment. So, yeah, as far as I'm aware, aware it's just, yeah, it's all... It was because he was injured. It, yeah, it's, it's a knee problem and it's just taken a, a while to heal. Mm. Maybe they just decided that it was best for everyone if he just took his time coming back and... Yeah, I don't think Bristol City really have missed him too much in the run-in. He would have been useful because he's a quality player. But, yeah, hey-ho. And, and maybe on O'Dowder, though, with that one year left of his on his deal, it's probably a high chance that he's going to be leaving this summer. Maybe. It's really interesting. There are so many players we could talk about. That's all we've got time for um, this week. But next week, we're sort of reflect on the season, also bring any transfer news if we have it. And then in the following, following couple of weeks... Before we go for a break, we'll be looking more closely at who they're targeting and who they're bringing in and if Lee Johnson is going to sign this deal. So even though they haven't made the playoffs, even though it's the championship again next season, it's all um, very exciting. Greg was a very busy man at the moment. Um, he's still trying to negotiate whether he goes to Florida or not, aren't you? Are you going? Um, not it's, As I say, it's in negotiations. Negotiation <laughs> I can't reveal anything, I'm afraid, until the deal is you sound complete, like a football so. club. Um, brilliant. We'll be back um, next week then. Thank you for listening this week. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.